it's good to be with you this morning. Last week we kicked off a new series called Help for Today. Clive started that last week and we're looking at the book of Hebrews and finding help for today in this book of the Bible. And my title this morning, if you're taking notes, is Take the Plunge. Take the Plunge. And so I'm going to plunge straight in and look at the passage for this morning. And I'm taking this reading from Hebrews chapter 2. And it's verses 1 to 4, and this is what it says. Therefore, we must pay the most careful attention to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. For since the message spoken through angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how should we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. Let's just pray together. Father, I thank you for your word, the Bible. I thank you that it speaks to us today. It's help for today. It's life for today. It's messages uh, wonderful for today. And I pray that this very morning you would speak to each one of us and give us that help for today. Amen. Now, have you ever gone to a beach, maybe long sands on a nice Sunday afternoon and watched what people do at the beach? And I like doing that. And I've observed that there are two types of people at the seaside. And there's the sort that kind of runs down to the water and plunges straight in up to their necks and start swimming. And then there's a second group of people and they kind of run down to the edge as well but when they get there they dip in their toes shriek and run back up the beach and then maybe repeat the exercise and I've kind of noticed that the ones that shriek the loudest are the ones that only put a toe in I don't know which one you are I could tell you about our family you'll have to guess but are you a plunger or a dipper when it comes to the beach now there was a report uh, on some research that came out this week about cold water swimming and apparently swimming in cold water is incredibly good for you it dilates the blood vessels to your brain and helps you not to get dementia it boosts your immune system it's generally a great idea so vicky and michael cook if you're online with us this morning then you are onto a good thing those two love swimming in the sea but apparently you can get just the same effect at home. You can fill your bath with cold water, get in, endure the first 20 seconds, and it will start to feel really good. A shower apparently doesn't cut it. You don't get cold enough. So today it's out with the hot tubs and in with the cold baths. And I'll see you later down at Whitley Bay. If you want to be there, I'll just say, you know, it's high tide at four o'clock, but it's going to get dark by five. So you've got an hour to do that bit of cold swimming that's going to do you good today. Well, the writer to the book of Hebrews here is concerned that these converts to Christianity, these these Hebrew Jewish converts are doing exactly this. They're dipping their toe in to Christianity and then running back up the beach again. They should be getting right in and swimming, but they're not quite there. In fact, they keep feeling this pull back to what they knew, this pull back 
to their old Jewish religion. And all of chapter one explains to them exactly why Jesus is above all. He is vastly superior to anything in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. He is above all the angels. And listen, I actually think angels are a little bit underrated and they're there to help us and minister to us. But the Hebrews, the Jewish people, overrated them. And so that's why the writer says that Jesus is above every angel. Um, he's the heir to all things. He created the universe. He shines out with God's glory. He expresses God's character. He sustains all things. He brings us into a relationship with God. He cleanses us from sin and he's sat at the right hand of the Father interceding for us right now. He is the best. And therefore, it says in chapter two, therefore, because this is who Jesus is, because we have such a great salvation, such a great rescue, we need to respond in a certain way. I'm going to just reread that passage to you out of the Amplified Bible because it kind of sums up everything that I've just said there in this introduction. Here's what it says in chapter two, reading from the Amplified Bible. It says, therefore, for this reason, that is because of God's final revelation in his son Jesus, and because of Jesus's superiority to the angels, we must pay much closer attention than ever to the things that we have heard. So that we do not in any way drift away from truth. For if the message given through angels, the law given to Moses was authentic and unalterable and every violation and disobedient act received an appropriate penalty, how will we escape the penalty if we ignore such a great salvation, the gospel, the new covenant? For it was spoken at first by the Lord, and it was confirmed to us and proved authentic by those who personally heard him speak. And besides this evidence, God also testified with them concerning the message of salvation, both by signs and wonders and various miracles carried out by Jesus and the apostles, and by granting to believers the gift of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. So we've got something great. And there are two important don'ts in this passage that can help us live our lives today, make the most of this great salvation and be where we ought to be. And here they are. Number one, don't neglect. And number two, don't drift. Don't neglect, don't drift. Number one, don't neglect such a great salvation. Don't ignore it. Don't overlook it. The word here in the Greek means to have an opportunity, but to ignore it and make light of it, to not take it seriously enough. These Jewish believers were slipping back into their old way of doing things, their old way of life. Now, we might not be slipping back into an old religion, but we can certainly slip back to an old way of life, our old way of living, where we're only maybe ankle deep in Christianity, where Jesus only touches a part of our lives. Listen, you can't really be an ankle deep Christian or even a knee deep Christian. It's all or nothing. You're either hot or cold. Now, some people like to think there's a middle way, but actually that middle lukewarm way goes in the cold category. It's either hot or lukewarm and cold. Being a Christian is an all-in, not an add-on. Being a Christian is an all-in, not an add-on. 
it's about taking the plunge. Our salvation, our rescue by Jesus is not something that we should ignore or neglect. It's something to treasure. It's something precious. It's something to be grateful for every day. Philippians 2 verse 12 says this, Therefore, my dear friends, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Take it seriously. Some people think that you can come to faith in Jesus and then that's it. Phew, I get to go to heaven. I'm saved. Now I can just get on with living the rest of my life. But that's rubbish. Not the being saved and going to heaven bit. That's very real. But thinking that we can just get on with our lives as was is not the bit that's uh, sensible. We can't just carry on as we were before. We have to work out our salvation. What does that mean? Well, it doesn't mean we earn our salvation. We know that that's a free gift from Jesus, but we do have to work at it. It means we don't ignore it. We don't neglect it. We cultivate it. We bring it to full effect in our lives. We actively pursue spiritual maturity. We actively work at growing up in the Christian life. We do whatever we need to do to push into Jesus and be more like him. When everything gets wrapped up at the end of the time, the Bible teaches us there are actually going to be two judgments. I don't know if you knew that. The first one separates out the goat from the sheep, those who believe in Jesus from those who don't believe in Jesus. But then there's a second judgment, and that's for the sheep, for those who do believe in Jesus. And that one is where we stand before the Lord and he judges us or he looks at us to see how he can reward us for the life that we've lived. That we've lived. He looks at us to see how we, he can reward us for the life that we've lived, the things that we've done as a Christian on this earth. So we don't earn our salvation, but we do have to work at it. Here's a question. What did you do last week to work at your salvation? What did you do last week to be more like Jesus? Perhaps a better question would be, what are we going to do next week? What are we going to do in this week ahead to work at our salvation, to cultivate that maturity in Jesus, to be more like him? What are we going to do to work out our salvation in this next week ahead? Being a Christian is an all-in, not an add-on. So let's not neglect our great salvation. The second point is don't drift. Don't neglect, don't drift. Drift is what happens when you're not paying attention. I don't know if you ever remember going to the beach as a child and you'd be sort of all set up on the sand somewhere and you would perhaps go straight down into the water to play. And I would always look back and see where my parents were. I tried to see what colour towels they were sitting on. We weren't posh enough to have an umbrella or I would have looked at that. But I might think, oh, we were next to the people with the yellow umbrella and we had the red towel or whatever so that I could find my way back. But after a short time playing in the water, I would look up and I couldn't see anything that I was familiar with or recognised because I had drifted down the beach without realising maybe you had similar experiences. 
a long time ago, um, before I was even married, actually, before I even was going out with Clive, we went on one of these church holidays where there were a lot of young people together and we were on a beach one day and a friend and I were in a dinghy. Now, my dad never used to let me have a dinghy because he said it wasn't really safe on the sea. But anyway, we had a dinghy. My dad wasn't there, so I was in this dinghy. And uh, after a while, my friend and I, we realised that we had drifted quite a long way out to sea. And however much we were trying to row, we actually... Uh, were losing ground we were going out further than we were rowing back in so we began to wave these oars and shout help and Clyde was on the the um, beach and he noticed I like to think he had his eye on me at the time but anyway he noticed and he ran down into the water and swam out to us and oh, finally he reached our dinghy and he sort of collapsed over the edge and said oh, oh and I'm thinking my hero my hero and then he stood up and we were only in waist deep water actually. And it's just that the beach was really shallow and we had drifted a long way out. But the point is that we don't have to do anything to drift. We just have to do nothing. If you do nothing, you will drift in life. Slipping and drifting just happens. And it's often a gradual thing that you hardly noticed at the time. So we can drift by just not doing something. We can drift if we don't read our Bibles. We can drift from uh, being close to God if we don't pray or we don't worship. We can drift from uh, the, the back into old habits and ways that perhaps when we first fell in love with Jesus, our conscience would have pricked us and we wouldn't have done. But now perhaps we've just drifted that little bits maybe it's the language we use or the things that we say or the way that we talk to people we can drift and slip we can drift from meeting together and it's not quite so easy that we're online I know but maybe you think nobody will notice whether I'm there or not but actually we do notice because we can see a readout of who's online and being in the meeting with us we can see when you joined in I'm just saying but listen, the point is we can slip in all sorts of ways. If we don't pay attention, we can drift. We don't have to do anything to drift. We just have to stop doing anything. And then suddenly we can realize that we've ended up somewhere where we never intended to be. So what's the solution? What's the solution to drift? Well, it's ever so simple. The thing that stops a ship drifting is to be firmly anchored and actually the word that's used here in the passage about drifting suggests a boat it suggests a boat that's not firmly anchored and just drifts out of the place where it should be so the thing that stops a ship drifting is to be firmly anchored and Hebrews 6:19 tells us we have this hope as an anchor for the soul firm and secure this hope, this assurance of the right reliability of God's promises. God's promises are reliable. He does what he says he will do. And that's an anchor for us. It stops us slipping. It stops us drifting. And it won't break whatever pressure we put on it. Let's go back to chapter two where we started. Verse one says we must pay the most careful attention or earnest heed, therefore, to what we have heard so that we don't drift away. What have we heard? Well, it's all here in the Bible. It's all written down for us to hear, to read and to hear. I love 
um, seeing people's Bibles. Do you, I'm sure some of you will remember Sadie Bath, Basford, a dear uh, old saint that was part of our church before she went to heaven. And I loved looking at her Bible because it was well used. It was written in, scribbled in, thumbed. There were bookmarks. You could tell that she listened carefully to what was in her Bible and she took heed. That's Taking heed means to do something with it, to do something about it. We don't just read what's in the Bible, we take heed. And the verse here tells us, pay careful attention or earnest heed so that we don't drift away. So have a think right now, wherever you are in your home listening this morning, have a think. Ready? This is the question. When was the last time that you read something in here that changed you in some way. That's what it means to pay earnest heed. When was the last time that reading your Bible changed how you felt, changed what you thought, or changed what you did? It's a question I try and ask myself really regularly. I try and, at the end of the week, think back and look back to what I've been reading, and I think, how much am I really paying careful attention to what I'm reading? Has it changed me this week? Has the Bible changed me this week? Has it changed how I feel about something? Has it changed what I'm thinking about something? Or has it changed what I do in some way? And actually, if it's been more than a week and nothing is impacting my life, I need to get and read a bit more because this book is your anchor. It's my anchor. It's the anchor for your life. It's what stops us drifting so don't neglect it and you know what the deeper the water the stronger the anchor you need the deeper the water the stronger the anchor that you need don't neglect the new life that God has given you don't drift away from everything that's good and right and true being a Christian is an all-in not an add-on are you going to take the plunge and really, that's my message this morning. Don't neglect this great salvation. Invest in your spiritual life. Don't drift. Dig in your anchor and let it change your life. Being a Christian is an all-in, not an add-on. And are you going to take the plunge this morning? Let's pray. Maybe you're listening this morning and you've never known this anchor in your life. Maybe you've never really put your life in God's hands and come to that place of saying, yes, I believe in Jesus. I'm going to take the plunge. I'm going to throw my lot in here. And if that's you, I would really like to pray for you this morning. Don't dip a toe in. Take the plunge this morning. And it's really simple. I'm going to pray right now and you can pray too in your living room or wherever you are listening to this this morning. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are supreme over all. I thank you that you came to this earth to bring us back to God. You came to this earth to make a way for us to know God. I thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross to cleanse my sin, my wrongdoing. You died on the cross to cancel everything I've done wrong in life. And Lord, in doing that, I know that if I put my trust in you, you will come to my life. You will come and give me a new life. 
So this morning, Lord, I want to turn away from how I've been living. I want to take the plunge and trust in you and believe in you. Thank you for what you've done for me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe you prayed that prayer for the very first time this morning. And if you did, would you get in touch with us? You can either press the little chat button on your screen and you can send me a private message. If you look down, you'll find Clive and Sally Harding in the list of participants. And you can send me a private message with your phone call and I will give you a call this afternoon. And uh, if you can't work out how to do that, uh, just put a message up that everyone can see and just say, please get in touch with me and put your number there and I'll do that. Or you can ring the office on iHarvest. At the, it'll come up on the screen because I'll probably say it wrong. So it'll come up on the screen and you can ring, uh, you can email the office and get in touch with us that way and I'll contact you. If you've prayed that prayer this morning, you've done a really great thing. And for the rest of us, I just want to encourage us. Let's be all in Christians. Let's take the plunge this week. Let's get into the scripture let's get into the bible and really let it touch our lives and change us let's not neglect our salvation let's cultivate it and treasure it and invest in it so that we don't drift but that we can really enjoy this being a christian this life that god has given to us so it's all in it's not uh, a partial thing so today i want to encourage you take the plunge thank you